Given, as you heard from the introduction, that I have been around for a while and have had the opportunity and, and the privilege and the pleasure of serving in five administrations, um, I thought I would bring that perspective to the topic today is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. There will be a surprise outbreak. There will be a surprise outbreak. And I hope by the end of my relatively short presentation, you will understand why history now, the history of the last 32 years that I've been the director of NIAID will tell the next administration that there's no doubt in anyone's mind. I, I noticed in Twitter, sometimes I have to expand. Normally, I have Twitter in a narrow thing, so I don't see all this side stuff. Sometimes I have to expand out to open up another window in that browser or something like that. And I also started noticing Twitter was doing everything it could posting articles about the Vietnam study in the hospitals in Vietnam that documented. So I clicked on it, started reading it. They're doing a full court press to try to get around even the authors of the study. And I'm sure there was some involved here. Even the authors of the study are, are, are saying we've been misrepresented. Now, there was one misrepresentation. Easy to understand how it was. This was the study they found uh, that vaccinated people carried 257 or 251, over 250 times the amount of virus. Now, here's, here's where the issue was. As the unvaccinated, it was a comparison between 2021 and 2020. Of course, Nobody vaccinated in 2020, so they were unvaccinated. But that was an, when an earlier strain was prevalent. That was the whole thing they focused on. We've been misrepresented. This has been taken out of context. This person's been given false information or anything else. And it's like, but, but wait, okay, time out. The research did say that vaccinated people we're carrying 250 times the virus, well, the viral load of people a year earlier when nobody was vaccinated. Hence, everyone was unvaccinated, right? Right. That was the result. That was the point. What's going on is people are saying, oh, I've, I used the well, it's too late now. I used that term to have talked about Joe's cookies. But the whole point was what people were saying was, look, this is not what we were told vaccines would do. This is not what anybody, hey, take our vaccine and you'll carry 250 times the viral load. Wow. Man, you're like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I've got virus. Well, no one told you that. And they documented that it was the healthcare workers, even in all their PPE, that were spreading it all over the place. That was what the paper was about. 
And so the whole point was, hey, these ain't doing what you told us they were going to do. That's March of 2020. I remember pulling into a QT gas station and there's Trump. And we're gonna we're gonna warp speed. We're gonna develop this vaccine, and and that's when people started talking. Well, yeah, once we have got this vaccine, then then you won't get COVID, and you won't spread to anybody else, and it'll all be over. Is that where we are now? Oh, nowhere near. Get the vaccine, or starve to death because we'll fire you and not let you work anymore. Get the vaccine, you'll still get COVID. You'll carry 250 times viral load. You'll spread to everybody around you. But you might not get it quite as bad. But you still could die. But but still do it, because we said so. It's almost like no one can remember what life was like one year ago, let alone two years ago. Isn't that amazing? I think that's information overload. What's your message to platforms like Facebook? They're killing people. I mean, it really, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And and they're they're killing people. They're killing people. The only pandemic we have is amongst the unvaccinated. They're killing people. So I, I, um, if I were asked about Facebook, that, yeah, that's the first thing that crossed my mind is they're killing people. What happened there, I'm afraid, is here, uh, this, this will explain this. Come on. This, this will explain this. This is now, I thought the chick, who was the former head of Planned Parenthood was the director of the CDC. Maybe it's a, maybe there's different office or position or something. I don't know, but this is Rochelle Walensky. It says CDC director. This is becoming a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So I think what happened is Biden was fed his talking points. And then somebody asked him a question and one of those talking points, it had nothing to do with the question that was asked, just came tumbling out because that's what he had just been told to say. Yeah. And it just, no, I'm serious. I mean, look at it. I already had, I had this queued up to talk about this before Biden did what he did, or at least before I saw the video. Uh, I, I guess I can't prove that I had it before that, but I think this was from yesterday. I think I I clipped this. Yeah, I clipped clipped this last night. So here's the new talking point. And in fact, I can prove it. (laughs) I tweeted about it last night. I tweeted about last night. And I talked about how I sort of, you know, for quite a while now, I'd say at least two months, you know, I've been saying to myself, I've probably said here, probably commented, it's like, well, you know, Florida's open and Texas is open and California is supposed to be doing its thing, even though it's locking back down. And, and you know, people are so like, okay, we're, we're getting past all this. And I'm like, no, we're not. No, we're not. 
this was never about a virus. So we're not going to get past it because it is about fundamentally changing the entire globe. It's, it's It's about the fact that the global elites who have gotten together, so corporations, big tech, um, I've gotten together with governments across the globe to fundamentally change things, the Great Reset. And they're open about it. You can call it a conspiracy if you want, but if you publish books about it and use that in your title, it's not much of a conspiracy. It's pretty, pretty much straight out there. And you ignore it at your own risk. Um, but it's, they've, they've, they're doing all this and they're not going to let go of the power that that has given them to, to just completely, these, these people no longer feel that any of the constitutional systems in their nations have any restraint upon them at all. This is an emergency. And so we can do whatever we want and the constitution be hanged. They don't care. This new regime that has come in, every day we see evidence that they are just simply ignoring the Constitution and doing whatever they want to do. And we point out on this program, you say, but, but why should you care about this? We point out on this program because it was the Christian worldview that made that Constitution work. It is an understanding that there are transcendent values and truths that remain transcendent long after we're gone. That's why, that's why our troops stormed Normandy, because they believed that what they would die for there would then be passed on to their children and their children's children. And so this is, this is as theological as it can, as it can be. It is amazing how many Christians think you can put a bunch of God-hating sinners together, give them a bunch of power, and they're going to be neutral. They're going to be neutral. They're going to always do the right thing. They're going to follow the rules. Really? Grow up. Recognize that when you put a bunch of sinners together who hate God and give them a bunch of power, the result is not going to be good. So, I've been looking around going, well, you know, people are planning on going vacations, this, this, that, and the other thing. And all of us want that. All of us want that. But that doesn't serve their purposes. These global elites have made it very plain. They've published this. There can't be more than 3 billion people on this planet from their perspective. 3 billion. There's between 7 and 8 now. So there needs to be a drastic crash in reproduction. And so they're going to do everything they can to bring that about. And the first step is you have to make everyone dependent upon the government. Once they're dependent upon the government, then they can't have children. China proved that. Um, And then the only way, the problem is China has realized, wait a minute, if we only allow one kid, we're going to eventually be out produced by everybody else. And so now they're allowing two or three. And so the global elites are like, okay, all right, we need all the nations of the world to contract at pretty much the same rate so that we can 
we need we need globalism. We need an absolute global totalitarianism to, to make this work. And they're doing it right in front of our eyes. They're doing it right in front of our eyes. Here, so the point being, this is becoming a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So when you point to breakthroughs on the vaccines, when you point to the fact that the UK is having a huge spike and the UK is 80% vaccinated. Well, that's expected. It's still just the unvaccinated. I wish we could trust almost any numbers anymore, but the, the fact is that these people will say or do absolutely positively anything. Remember Pravda? No, no one remembers Pravda. But communism has no moral foundation when it comes to lying. And so everybody knows that they would talk about how pr food production was up here and food and auto production was up there. And everybody knew it was a blatant lie, but it was just, it's what the state does. Big Brother couldn't tell the truth if his life depended on it. And that's what we're looking at now. And so I've been saying, like I said, for about two months, they're going to start blaming anyone who has not joined the Global Genetic Experimentation Club um, for any future variants, everything. Now, the science behind that's laughable, and so they won't, they won't put anybody out there to actually um, argue that point. They own the media. Um, eventually, eventually, people like Tucker Carlson will be disappeared. Um, you know it's going to happen, and it may just be disappeared. I mean, after after he went after the Joint Chiefs of Staff last night, it just may be SEAL Team Six disappeared. You know, uh, just Tucker Carlson's house was found riddled with uh, with bullets, and no bodies were found, and there were no witnesses. Yeah, and. We're getting to that point, third world, tin horn dictatorship type stuff. But uh, <clears throat> they own the media. So the media, the media will do whatever they are told. It hasn't probably uh, been done because the, the government doesn't want to show that the darn vaccine is full of, is full of Tell us about who this person is. Dr. Gonzalez is one of our emergency room doctors at Phoenix Indian Medical Center. And she's a federal employee? Correct. Now you got this guy in room four who got his second dose of vaccine mm -hmm. um, on Tuesday, has been short of breath. And he's elevated. got bromyocarditis. Yes. Oh, this is bullshit. I, and and now, let's see. Probably myocarditis due to the vaccine. Right. But now they're not going to blame the vaccine. Well, and you know what? But he has an obligation to report that, doesn't he? They are not reporting. Right. Because they want to shove it under the... Yeah under the, 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 the mat. What patient was she referring to? She was uh, referring to that patient, that 30-something-year-old patient that had congestive heart congestive failure. Congestive heart failure. And in that particular patient's case, it was not reported. No. The problem in here, they are not doing the studies. People that had it, you know, right. and the people that have been uh, uh, vaccinated, they're not doing any um, antibody testing. It's super fishy. It's not that it hasn't been done. It hasn't been published. <laughs> it hasn't probably uh, been done because the, the government doesn't want to show that the darn vaccine is full of is full of. The government doesn't want to show that the vaccine is full of. It's not doing what it, its purpose was. May I see your badges? 
You're Jody O'Malley with the Department of Health and Human Services. This is the United States government identification. I'm looking at the CDC website. It says that you're required to report adverse events following vaccinations. One of those would be uh, congestive heart failure. That's a huge one. Were there other instances that they, they didn't report? Oh, I've seen dozens of people come in with an adverse reaction. Yeah, it's really sad. She had just come back from surgery, from leave. So what are we looking at here? You're looking at me transferring her um, to a, a higher level of care that could handle her condition. And this is a, col a colleague at your hospital who got sick. She didn't want to take it because of her religious beliefs. And she was coerced into taking it. Why are you choosing to blow the whistle? It's not what a lot of people would do. They're scared, they're afraid. Are you afraid? I wouldn't necessarily say I'm afraid because my faith lies in God and not man. This is evil at the, the highest level. You have the FDA, you have the CDC, that are both supposed to be protecting us. Are you afraid they're gonna retaliate against you? Yeah. I'm a federal employee. What other federal employees do you see coming out? But you put your faith in God. Amen. The government doesn't want to show that the darn vaccine is full of It needs to be about to show you the people who are vaccinated. That's sounding very germane. I'm gonna go to work for instead of one. Why don't you give this shot? She didn't want to take it because of her religious beliefs. She was coerced into taking they it. They are not reporting because they want to shove it under the mask. Why are you choosing to blow the whistle? Are you afraid? I wouldn't necessarily say I'm afraid. My faith lies in God and not man. My name is Jody O'Malley, and I'm a master's prepared registered nurse. Well, first of all, your hospital is run by HHS, correct? I work for Health and Human Services um, with a Indian Health Services branch for the Native Americans. You, you, these are federal employees. Yes. And we work for the government. I mean, the main thing is we have to follow. I know. I mean, that's another the thing. I don't know how much longer I'll be here. And the <laughs> I know. Are the policies and administrators coming directly from the federal government? Yes. The problem in here, they are not doing the studies. People that had it, you right. know, and the people that have been uh, uh, vaccinated, they're not doing any um, antibody testing. Now you got this guy in room four who got his second dose of vaccine mm -hmm. um, on Tuesday, has been short of breath. Okay, now his BNP is elevated, D-dimer elevated, ALT, Ooh. all his liver enzymes are elevated, his PT, PTINR is He's elevated. He's got myocarditis. Yes! Oh, this is bull****. I, and and now, then let's see. Probably myocarditis due to the vaccine. Right. But now they're not going to blame the vaccine. Well, and you know what? But he has an obligation to report that, doesn't he? Oh, it yes. happened. Right. What is it? 60 days after, if you see anything? Uh, they have got to. But they how many people report. are reporting? They are not reporting. Right. Because they want to shove it under the, yeah. under the, 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 the map. In this instance with Dr. Gonzalez, what patient was she referring to, or without saying she the name? She was uh, referring to that patient that had congestive heart congestive failure. Congestive heart failure. And yeah. in that particular patient's case, it was not reported. No. 
I'm going to have to transfer you to another hospital. Okay. We don't have cardiologists here. And what you're developing is like a conjective heart failure. Mm -hmm. Okay? And, and that's not good. I don't know where this is coming from. Mm -hmm. On July 29th, you had the first COVID vaccine. Mm -hmm. And August 19th, you had the second. You know, you don't have COVID. Okay, but you have got a lot of symptoms, you know, and you're developing congestive heart failure. Were there other instances that they, they didn't report? Oh, I've seen dozens of people come in with an adverse reaction. Was one of the ones you saw a 15-year-old with blood clots? Yeah, so I was um, just covering a nurse. Um, he's in here with bilateral PEs, but he's fine. And I'm like, okay. So he wasn't on oxygen or anything like that. And I said, was he um, vaccinated? And then she's like, I don't know. So then I looked in the chart and he was. He had the Pfizer vaccine or at the end of July and he was due for a second dose. So this is essentially two to three weeks later. Most likely cause of hypoxia, unusual PE at this age. Unclear etiology. They don't know why he got it. So how do we know that the blood clots, or how do you know that the blood clots are a result of the COVID vaccine? Because this is a 15-year-old, normal weight, healthy child. No reason for him to have a blood clot. It's a shame they're not treating people. I know. Like they're supposed to, like they should. And I think they want people to die. And how many have you seen that have gotten vaccinated here? Domestic and yeah. side effects? A lot. A lot. Have you seen it too? Yeah. Yes. So and I'm like, who's, who's writing the VAERS report? Nobody, because it takes over a half an hour to write the damn Why? Right. The CDC website, it says that you're required to report adverse events following vaccinations. Is there a policy at the hospital for reporting these complications? No. There has never been any directive sent out on reporting. With this vaccine, we are in stage three clinical trials. Normally, stage three clinical trials is where you gather your data. What the responsibility on everyone is, is to gather that data and report it. And if we're not gathering that data and reporting it, then how are we going to say that this is safe and approved for use? How come after 18 months we haven't had any it's, research? Isn't that fishy to you? It doesn't. It, does. it, it is doesn't. Fishy. It's super it, fishy. It's not that it hasn't been done. It hasn't been published. <laughs> it hasn't probably uh, been done because the government doesn't want to show that the darn vaccine is full of is full of. What does she mean by full? Of it's not doing what it, its purpose was. And what, did, what is Dr. McGee saying in that video? He's trying to defend the vaccine. Why would he do that? Because that's his view on it. Okay. His view is get the vaccine, it's science, right? If we all just get it, this will all be over with. Such a bunch of bull and what do we do? I don't know, but there's so much I'm gonna blow up. So much? How do we do that? Like, you know, Project Veritas. Why are you choosing to blow the whistle? It's not what a lot of people would do. They're scared, they're afraid. What prompted me to do this was when I was house supervisor one night 
and one of my co-workers had taken the vaccine and she didn't want to. She had went throughout this entire pandemic working in the intensive care unit. It pretty much was a COVID unit. Yeah, it's really sad. She had just come back from surgery from leave two weeks ago, a little over two weeks, and then um, got her first dose of vaccine after surviving this entire pandemic. She didn't want to take it. She didn't want to take it because of her religious beliefs. And she was coerced into taking it. And it's like, nobody, nobody should have to decide between their livelihood, being a part of the team in the hospital, or take the vaccine. Now, now, now we're just making people take it. And then there's reactions to it. And then you have a medication that has been shown effective and surely has no adverse reactions for trying it. Did um, Dr. Bakwa talk to you about prescribing ivermectin for battle out of this facility? And so physicians can't um, prescribe off-label use medication here? Not for COVID, they did it with hydroxychloroquine and they, it was really bad and so they are not allowing it right now. She said yes, um, I would agree to write for this because she's not contraindicated. And Dr. Bagwa said that? Yes. I am, I am stuck. I am told you are absolutely not to use it under any circumstances whatsoever for somebody with COVID unless you don't want to have a job. I am not going to lose my job. Damn. They were not allowing, they were going to lose their job if they allowed you to use that drug. Right. Nuts. Right now, um, what is plaguing this country is the spirit of fear. Are you afraid? It's my career, you know, it's how I help people. Um, but am I afraid? I wouldn't necessarily say I'm afraid. Um, because my faith lies in God and not man. So I have um, two older kids that are on their own, and I have a 12-year-old at home um, that I care for on my own. You know, like, what kind of person would I be if I, if I knew all of this? This is evil. This is evil at the, the highest level. You have the FDA. You have the CDC that are both supposed to be protecting us, but they are under the government. And everything that we've done so far is unscientific. Are you afraid they're gonna retaliate against you? Yeah. I'm a federal employee. What other federal employees do you see coming out? But you put your faith in God. Amen. One of the interesting things that I, I, I talk with King James onlyists about, no, I didn't just change topics, is that in the King James, we're told the love of money is the root of all evil, right? Well, that's not an accurate translation because there are people who are motivated by things other than money and don't care about money. There are people who will give up every dime they own simply to have control over other people. So it's not a love of money. The accurate translation is the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. 
And it's true. Saying follow the money is not just a pithy statement. It's wisdom. And so one of the most obvious examples of this that I can think of is the study, is the, the issue of ivermectin. I'd never heard of ivermectin. I suppose maybe I might have heard it when I went to Zambia. But I, I, you know, most of us had never heard about it or had any interest in it. And so any possible treatment for COVID-19, have you noticed they've all been attacked? There's no studies that support that. Wait a minute. All of a sudden, these people want long-term safety studies. Whereas the vaccine, you don't need long-term safety studies. Even though up until 2019, that's always what was demanded. Now it's not. So the inconsistency should immediately make you go, well, wait a minute, what's, what's going on here? But the attack on ivermectin, did you notice a couple weeks ago that all of a sudden ivermectin started being referred to in the press as what? Horse dewormer. Horse dewormer. That's what ivermectin is. So if you're, if you're saying that someone should take ivermectin, you're, t- you're saying they should take horse dewormer. And I don't know about you, but I ain't taking horse dewormer. No, no, I'm not, I'm not taking anything that's meant for a horse, dog, cat, nothing like that. Horse dewormer. Here, I just want to read. In 2015, the Nobel Committee for Physiology or Medicine in its only award for treatments of infectious diseases since six decades prior, honored the discovery of ivermectin, a multifaceted drug deployed against some of the world's most devastating tropical diseases. Since March 2020, when ivermectin was first used against a new global scourge, COVID-19, more than 20 randomized clinical trials, RCTs, have tracked such inpatient and outpatient treatments Six of seven meta-analyses of IVM treatment of RCTs reported in 2021 found notable reductions in COVID-19 fatalities with a mean 31% relative risk of mortality versus controls. During mass IVM treatments in Peru, excess deaths fell by a mean of 74% over 30 days in its 10 states with the most extensive treatments. Reductions in deaths correlated with the extent of IVM distributions in all 25 states with P less than 0.002. Sharp reductions in morbidity using IVM, ivermectin, were also observed in two animal models of SARS-CoV-2 and a related beta coronavirus. The indicated biological mechanism of ivermectin, competitive binding with SARS-CoV-2 spike protein, is likely non-epitope specific, possibly yielding full efficacy against emerging viral mutant strains. I hope you understand that last sentence. The last sentence is basically saying that the methodology that ivermectin uses um, would not be uh, affected by whether it's delta or mu or lambda or alpha or beta or whatever other variant. And hence, it will continue to be an effective treatment, especially when it is given early. And yet, if you listened to nothing but MSNBC and CNN, you would think that anyone who even asked about ivermectin is a QAnon nutcase 
who wants to swallow horse dewormer? Why might that be? Could $500 billion, actually it's more like a trillion, but we can't even, we can't even imagine these numbers. Could that kind of massive amount of money and the control that it gives to people be behind what I'm, I'm now calling uh, vax-onlyism? We've got King James-onlyism, we've got vax-onlyism. And we now, what, what you have is vax-onlyism. The only way to deal with the coronavirus is through vaccines, not through treatments. And the hope of these people who are running this show is that you have so little knowledge of the past or so are so quick to forget the past that you will not recognize that we've never done this before. We have never, not once, and I, I keep asking this and it's amazing to me the answers I get from people. I've asked people a half dozen times in social media, Name me a respiratory virus. Coronavirus is a respiratory virus. If it's going to kill you, it's almost always going to kill you by taking out your lungs. And there's reasons for that. And if we would, if we had been focused on these reasons in March of 2020, um, could have saved a lot of lives. But that doesn't fit into the vax-only uh, perspective, and so we won't do it. So these, pe these people are willing to sacrifice because of the power this gives them. If you want to see the power, go online, watch the videos from the people who are in the gulags in Australia. Oh, they're called uh, quarantine centers, off-site quarantine centers. Watch the videos of the people outside in their masks, and as I've said, if you're outside in moving air, the only way I can transfer enough virus to you to get you sick is to tackle you and French kiss you. Okay? But you still got to do it. It's insane. It's medically a joke. And there are dozens and dozens, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of doctors who will confirm, yeah, that's a joke. But as long as Anthony Fauci says it's not, then it's not. Because Anthony Fauci is, has got all that money behind him. Information has come out, by the way. He has lied to Congress under oath. So, but if you think anything's going to happen, <laughs> you're naive, aren't you? Anyways, uh, go watch the videos of them standing on their, in their little, their little huts waiting to be fed like lab animals or like what they really are, prisoners. They're not citizens any longer. They're, 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 they're prisoners. And they've marched in there voluntarily. They've given up, given up the fight. And so, hey, once Big Brother knows you've given up the fight, there you go. There you go. Uh, that's, that's the kind of power that these people want to have. They know that they have it. And so they're going to continue. This stuff was given a Nobel Prize for being a medicine for human beings, and yet CNN and MSNBC are calling it horse dewormer. Ask yourself a simple question. Why? Why? Come on, common sense here, folks. Christians, wake up. Listen to me. The love of money is a root of all sorts of evil. 
there was an excellent article by Geert van den Bosch um, called The Last Post. And yeah, I can't read it right now. I, I just, it would take up the rest of the time. Um, look, it up, look it up on Twitter. The last post, it's, it's Geert van den Bosch, B-O-S-S-C-H-E dot org. Uh, it's on the blog, the, the last post. It is one of the most soberly written, clear, understandable, from a globally recognized uh, vaccine virus epidemiologist type person, but who isn't. Well, let's just be honest, um, on the take, because <laughs> there are a lot that are on the take. Um, it is soberly written, well-documented, and I'll want to, on Thursday, take time to read a couple of paragraphs, because basically the final conclusion of it is we are setting ourselves up for a tremendous um, problem, a tremendous amount of mortality. We are specifically making it so that COVID will kill far more people than it ever, 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 ever had to. And I think we probably have already done that. Vax-onlyism is novel, new, and foolish in the extreme. The utilization of narrow vaccine, genetic vaccines, is producing the very variants that will now make those vaccines irrelevant. If we try to continue vaccine onlyism, we will always be two steps behind. We will always be pushing the epidemic wave ahead of us and we'll never get out of it. The way out is clear. The way out has been known from the start, but the way out would not have made hundreds of billions of dollars for big pharma and big tech. The love of money is a root of all sorts of evil. Pediatric healthcare whistleblower. Horrific reality we all expected. Injecting an experimental drug into five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven year olds. Unheard of. According to Rumble here, this video, pediatric jab whistleblower, horrifying report. Kids react to injection. Rumble. Countless whistleblowers flood the inbox of the Stu Peters show. We could literally do segments on these all day long. As the FDA pushes the needle towards our preschoolers for financial gain and total tyrannical reign, we will continue to expose the horrific consequences of their evil agenda. What next? Will the FDA and CDC approve vaccination injections for newborn babies and one-year-olds, along with complete face masks? How much money will they make out of all of this? Federal workers file lawsuit over Biden vaccine mandate. A group of federal workers made up from multiple states have now sued the Biden administration over President Joe Biden's COVID-19 vaccine mandates that are aimed at federal workers and federal contractors. There's a new movie out called Systematic Deception. Most people don't realize how much deception actually goes on in politics 
and on the news media. So check out this movie. If you haven't figured out that the FDA and the CDC and all these groups are just completely corrupted, sold out, bought, purchased, paid for, they have wrapped them in the most pretty leftist totalitarian paper ever, and there is a communist bow sitting on top. It is done. There is no no reason to trust a word these people have to say. I mean, they have so demonstrated their the fact they've completely sold out. When the CDC is telling you one thing about COVID, and they've told you forty seven different things about it in the past, at the same time that they're saying that it that that uh, misgendering transgender people is a public health issue, it's all the information you need. But now the FDA, which approved a drug that doesn't exist, by the way. I hope you realize that. Everybody says they, the Pfizer thing is, is FDA approved. No, it's not. What was approved was an um, application for a drug that they have not produced yet. And it specifically says in the documentation that this does not include what people have been being jabbed with. So... Anyway, but they did that approval without almost any of the safeguards that are norm normative. And all you got to do, you go back 2019. We played it for you. Go back 2019. The C-SPAN 2 video. Keep those things. Stick them on jump drives. Put them inside static bags. Okay? Um, because... There you had a group of people, including Anthony Fauci, and Fauci himself, he was lamenting how long it takes to get new vaccine technology approved. It would take a decade because that's what safety requires. Well, he found a way around it, didn't he? Yeah, he certainly did. And so the FDA's thing, they didn't have public comment. They, they, they required certain data sets five or ten years down the road. Isn't that wonderful? Again, if you can try to push yourself back to 2019, back before the insanity became widely infective, and go, would anybody have put up with any of this back then? The answer is a clear nope. Never would have. But here we are. So, as you heard, an FDA advisory panel voted 17 to 0 to approve these experimental genetic therapies for children between 5 and 11 years of age. These are children who are under no danger from COVID. There, there is far more danger for these children of getting hit by cars, falling off bikes, car accidents, and numerous other diseases than there is from COVID. They are in no danger. We have zero, nada, no long-term safety studies as to the impact of these genetic therapies upon developing human beings. Shoving these things into the arms of 5 11-year-olds is a crime on the level of what the Nazis were doing in Auschwitz. No question about it. And it's happening right under our noses, right in front of us, right in front of us. It is irresponsible. It is evil. 
And it's driven by money and power and nothing more. There is no reason to do it. And yet they're doing it right in front of us, right in front of us. And we're supposed to applaud and go, thank you. Thank you. Can we have some more, please? But did you hear the video that I'm sorry, I didn't get it queued up. Ah, oh, I saved it somewhere. Or at least I saved a link to it. Um, one of the 17 was being interviewed. And he literally said, we have to start giving the vaccine before we can find out whether it's safe or not. Now, immediately, most of us are sitting there going, oh, so we have to pass the bill to find out what's in the bill. Okay, we already got the Pelosi stuff on that. And I'm sure that's what's happening as they're trying to cram through the trillions and trillions of dollars of... And you realize this this spending bill, it's trillions of... It is the finishing nail in the debt coffin of the economy of the United States sold out to the Chinese communists um, that will enslave us and our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren forever. Um, and all that money is going to leftist causes. I mean, the people who want to be promoting all this perversity and Planned Parenthood and just a cut, it is trillions of dollars being handed to the culture of death. That's, that's what it is. That's, that's all it is. And there, and, and these folks do not care that it, it, it's the end of the Republic. That's what they want in the first place. I seem to remember at least a few people back in 2019 and early 2020 trying to tell everybody, this will be the last free election you get. These people intend it and Evidently enough people voted. Well, I don't even know that. I don't, I don't think a majority of people voted. I, 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 no one will ever convince me that 80 million people voted for the vacuous man who doesn't know what day of the week it is. Um, just don't believe it. I, I don't believe it. And uh, I know a lot of other folks don't believe it either. <clears throat> There's good reason to. But can you imagine in 2019 someone coming along and saying, well, we've got this, uh, we've got this uh, stuff that we we want to um, make your child's entire future dependent upon um, putting this in their bloodstream. And we have no long-term tests; it's it's genetic. Um, and forms of this kind of stuff back 2014 and stuff, we had to stop using it because all the animal subjects died. Um, but we're going to, we're going to, we're doing this. We're going to tell you it's for the safety of grandma. Okay. Which we don't really care about grandma at all, but we're going to tell you it's for the safety of grandma so that your mind will just accept that and move on. Uh, <clears throat> we don't know what it's going to do to the kids and, and we don't care because actually most of us think we should have half as many humans living on the planet as are living on it right now. Anyways, so if something really, really, really bad happens, that just sort of fits into the whole process anyhow. Um, but we're going it, to... It, it's part of an entire uh, identity scheme. 
where, uh, and again, they were talking about this years ago, where we're going to use immunization as our way of tracking everyone rather than birth certificates. That, all that stuff can be faked. We're going to do this digitally. And this is going to be part of your digital ID in the new digital world. And so we'll always, that's, that's, that's going to be your way of identification in the future. But we have to give it to the kids to find out if it's safe first. Can you, what would have happened to that person in 2019? People have thought the person was nuts. But only two years later, 2021, the media has been so compromised and the populace has been so compromised that someone can literally sit there and say, well, we've... <laughs> We don't really, we won't know if it's safe until we start poking it into your kids' shoulders. Oh, really? You, you, you expect us to just hand our children over to you that way? Well, it is their intention to force you to do so. It is Now, this is going to result in an even greater jump in homeschooling, obviously. Because you know what's coming. Your child will not be allowed to go to public school without this. But we've done that with all sorts of other vaccines. Not like this one. Not like this one. I, whenever I hear people do that, I just look at them in the eye and go, you're either stupid or you're dishonest. One of the two. You're either stupid or dishonest. You either, you either are not watching, not paying attention. Maybe you just... Maybe as soon as you start hearing about mRNA and spike proteins and stuff like that, you just your eyes glaze over and you go, well, I didn't do too well in biology class anyways, so I'm just not going to worry about that. I don't know. But there has never been a time when we have been asked uh, to inject this kind of material into our bodies. Never. Never. It is unique. Absolutely unique. So don't even pretend to try to draw the parallel. Such a doctor would have been. Oh, yes. I can't hear. But we're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. Yeah, um, that's just the way it goes. But we're never going. To yeah, we're never going to find out about how safe the vaccine is until we start giving it. Yay! <laughs> that, my friends, is science. <laughs> no, that's You're idiocy. That's not science. That's not medicine. That, that is someone who is owned by the billions of dollars that has flown into big pharma and big tech over the past uh, 18 months, coming up on 24 months. Own, lock, stock, barrel, soul, and mind. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. There you go. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. Purchased. Got the sales receipt. Put the put a stamp right here. Bought and paid for. I don't trust those people, nor should anyone else. Nor should anyone else. That is that is disgusting. That that is irresponsible on a level that is beyond commentary. If you don't have as part of your belief the reality 
that Christ has authority over human authorities, then what are you doing applying for a religious exemption? Because that's out in that's that's out in Caesar's realm, not in Jesus' realm. Your arm is in Caesar's realm. Unless Caesar is under Jesus. But that leads to all sorts of other um, complications that a lot of people just, their, their theology or their eschatology or something goes, nope, tilt, can't go there. And that that's an issue. Um, I think if you've read paper I quickly wrote on the subject um, last month, you'll see how that's important. There is a um, article that came out on, I believe, the 26th. Yes, 26th. So two days ago. Two days ago. Um, titled, The Spike Protein of SARS-CoV-2 Variant A.30 is heavily mutated and evades vaccine-induced antibodies with high efficiency. Now, as soon as I posted this. Now, I posted this on the 26th. So it was the same day it came out. Someone posted, uh, some doctor somewhere, don't know anything about the guy, saying, oh, that variant, that, that variant is extinct. It's irrelevant. Doesn't matter if it is or isn't. This is part of the problem that people need, that, that if you want to understand some of the science, you need to recognize at least some of the terminology that's being used. The vaccines we currently possess are highly targeted. They are narrowly, so highly or narrowly targeted. They, they, they are specifically designed based upon a small section, a small protein section of the spike protein on the, the virus itself, that's what they attach to. That's what they are looking for. That's, they're coding antibodies for that. Now, we've never done this before. We have never tried in the history of mankind to deal with a respiratory virus, which means it is a virus that is highly able to communicate between people. And in this case very much focuses upon the respiratory system, especially as one of its primary means of entrance. We've never tried to treat this simply with a vaccine. And if you had asked the vast majority of doctors who didn't have dollar signs in their eyes or job security in their eyes, where well, that was the wise thing to do in 2019, 99.9% .9 would have said no. But that's what we're doing. And that's why you can't get ivermectin in certain places. You can't get anything that would help because it's vaccine or nothing. That should tell you if, you, if you're not just already completely evacuated between here and here, that there's something more going on here. And it's not medicine. It's not science. That in the past, you used all available methods, including treatment methods. And you would encourage things that have positive impacts, but oh no, no, can't do ivermectin, can't do that vitamin D3 stuff. Nope, 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 nope. It's got to be this stuff that will bring us billions and billions of dollars and change the whole world. 
And yet so many of you just have been talking with you on Twitter. You're just like, I don't see that. Everything's fine. Anyway, so the point is that we are introducing these vaccines. There have been billions of doses given already. Billions. The SARS-CoV variant A.30 has changed that portion of the spike protein. That portion of the spike protein is now different. So it evades the vaccines. Isn't that what you'd expect? And so, have you heard? Did you hear Fauci last week? Fauci lied through his teeth, and he will never defend this against anyone who knows anything about this field. He will never let himself be put in a situation to have to defend this. But to, who is the chick that was on ABC for years? No, NBC for years. Um, she went from there to CBS, to ABC. Uh, Katie Couric. Perky Katie Couric. Couric was, and, and let's not say interviewing. Nobody interviews um, Fauci. They just sort of ask the questions they're supposed to ask and then say, oh, gosh, you're awesome. Um, it's disgusting. Anyway, Katie Couric had Fauci on. And did you hear what Fauci said? He said the unvaccinated are the ones giving rise to these variants. That is a lie. Absolute 1,000% lie. And that can be proven in any court of law. I mean, that is absurdity. What, where is the selection pressure in the unvaccinated? Huh? Why would you be having genetic changes in the spike protein coming from the unvaccinated? That is just, just demonstrates beyond all question. All the changes he's had in the private emails and the money and the Wuhan lab and, and all the rest of that stuff, that's all proven it too. But there is one indisputable reality right there. A, he doesn't know that, and B, everything in science would tell him just the opposite. And he knows that. He knows that. The man is compromised beyond belief. Beyond belief. So these narrow-spectrum, leaky genetic therapies are the things that are driving these variants. And you're going to be looking at Probably, by the time they get done, three times a year, maybe four times a year, injections. And then what's going to have to happen if we stick with the, we're only doing vaccines, we're not doing anything else, we're not going to encourage you to actually get rid of the comorbidities that are actually killing people, and we're not going to talk to you about diet and any of the rest of that stuff. Nope. We're just doing vaccines because this is how we intend to control you anyways. But if that's the direction they keep going, then every few boosters, uh, treatments, isn't that, what was the term they used in This Perfect Day? I forget what it was, treatment, something like that. Um, every few, they will have to change it, which means you will never, ever, 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 ever have long-term safety data. Not, you'll never have it. Just stop asking for it. Who do you think you are that you deserve long-term safety data? Roll up your sleeve, 
Your body is ours. Which is what these people think. Because I want you to just step back, look at the world. Look at the world and ask yourself a question. Did you know that by 2030, it will be illegal to sell an internal combustion engine in the state of California? If you don't have a car, if you don't have access to that kind of transportation, then you you are dependent upon the government for transportation. And they control that. And if you have to show your papers, and we all know how that works now, then the government can determine where you go, when you go, how far you go. It's already happening in Australia, by the way. We're already seeing this. We are going to be told what we can eat. We're going to be doing our veggie burgers uh, uh, provided by Bill Gates. I'm really looking forward to, to Windows 11 veggie burgers. I, I'll bet you that's going to taste just great. Um, you're going to be told what you can eat. You're going to be told when you have to take your doses from the, the, the government doses. How many weeks? How many days? Who, who knows what it'll, what it'll be. We already know what you have to celebrate and what you can't celebrate, what you can say and cannot say, what you can think and cannot think. Folks, what's, oh, where you can work and cannot work, how much money you can have, what jobs you can go into, what fields you can go into. All of these things. So I ask you a simple question. What do you call a person who can only go where they're told to do Go, go when they're told to go to do what they're told to do. They have no control of their future, no control over even their diet, what they wear, their education. What do you call that person? They're called a slave. They're called a slave. And when you turn your back on the truth, as this nation has, slavery is a just punishment. And that's where we're headed. Unless, unless God in his mercy, because that's the only thing that's going to do anything. God in his mercy wakes people up. Because once you wake up, all of you who are sitting out there going, no, 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 it's no, this is just, oh, you're just, you're going to wake up one day and you're going to realize you're a slave. And you're going to realize the time to have stopped your slavery is long gone. Long, long gone. That's all there is to it. Dr. Judy Mikovits has been called one of the most accomplished scientists of her generation. Her 1991 doctoral thesis revolutionized the treatment of HIV AIDS. At the height of her career, Dr. Mikovits published a blockbuster article in the journal Science. The controversial article sent shockwaves through the scientific community as it revealed that the common use of animal and human fetal tissues were unleashing devastating plagues of chronic diseases. For exposing their deadly secrets, the minions of Big Pharma waged war on Dr. Mikovits, destroying her good name, career, and personal life. Now, as the fate of nations hang in the balance, Dr. Mikovits is naming names of those behind the plague of corruption that places all human life in danger. 
So you made a discovery that conflicted with the agreed-upon narrative. <laughs> Correct. And for that, they did everything in their powers to destroy your life. Correct. You were arrested. Correct. And then you were put under a gag order. Um, for, for five years, if I went on social media, if I said anything at all, they would find new evidence and, um, and put me back in jail. And so what did they charge you with? Nothing. But you were in jail. I was held in jail with no charges. I was called a fugitive from justice. But you have decided to come forth when your gag order has been released to write a book called Plague of Corruption, Restoring Faith in the Promise of Science. And you are naming names. Absolutely. Apparently, their attempt to silence you has failed. And I, I have to ask... How do you sit here with confidence to call out these great forces and not fear for your life as you leave this building? Because if we don't stop this now, we can not only forget our republic and our freedom, but we can forget humanity because we'll be killed by this agenda. So Anthony Fauci. My name is uh, Dr. Tony Fauci. I'm the director. Of the man who is heading the pandemic task force was involved in a cover-up. He directed the cover-up. And in fact, everybody else was paid off and paid off big time. Millions of dollars in funding from Tony Fauci, Tony Fauci's organization, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. These investigators that committed the fraud continue to this day to be paid big time by the NIAID. And the whole world is listening to his advice for how to handle this current pandemic. How do we know that what he's saying is what we need to be learning? What he's saying is absolute uh, propaganda and, and the same kind of propaganda that he's perpetrated to kill millions since 1984. We know from this study quite clearly that there will be a delay in progression significantly greater than for individuals who do not take the drug. Normalcy only returns when we've largely vaccinated the entire global population. If we activate mandatory vaccines globally, I imagine these people stand to make hundreds of billions of dollars that own the vaccines. And they'll kill millions, as they already have with their vaccines. There is no vaccine currently on the schedule for any RNA virus that works. So I have to ask you, are you anti-vaccine? Oh, absolutely not. I'm, in fact, vaccine is immune therapy, uh, just like interferon alpha is immune therapy. So I'm not anti-vaccine. My job is to develop immune therapies. That's what vaccines are. Do you believe that this virus was created in a laboratory? I wouldn't use the word created, but you can't say naturally occurring if it was by way of the laboratory. So it's very clear this virus was manipulated, These, this family of viruses was manipulated and studied in a laboratory where the animals were taken into the laboratory, and this is what was released, whether deliberate or not. That cannot be naturally occurring. Somebody didn't go to a market, get a bat, the virus didn't jump directly to humans. That's not how it works. That's accelerated viral evolution. If it was a natural occurrence, it would take it 
up to 800 years to occur. This occurred from SARS-1 within a decade. That's not, that's not naturally occurring. And do you have any ideas of where this occurred? Oh, yeah. I'm sure it occurred between the North Carolina Laboratories, Fort Detrick, U.S. Army Research Institute of Infectious Disease, and the Wuhan Laboratory. $3.7 million flowed from the National Institutes of Health here in the U.S. to the Wuhan lab in China, the same lab where many people have said that this coronavirus infection first originated. We also now know that NIAID, the department associated with the National Institutes of Health, of which Dr. Anthony Fauci is in control, had already been conducting experiments with the Wuhan lab in the past in regard to coronavirus. When I'm writing up my death report, I'm being pressured to add COVID. Why is that? Why are we being pressured to add COVID to maybe increase the numbers and make it look a little bit worse than it is? I think so. If someone dies with COVID-19, we are counting that as a COVID-19 death. You don't die with an infection. You die from an infection. I've talked with doctors who have admitted that they are being incentivized to list patients that are sick or have died with COVID-19. Yeah, $13,000 from Medicare, if you call it COVID-19. We know that hydrochloroquine and zinc are working great for patients. And then Fauci comes out and says, well, there's no double-blind controlled placebo study, which by the way, Dr. Fauci, is there going to be a double-blind controlled placebo study of your vaccine? Is there? In a survey polling nearly 2,300 doctors in some 30 countries, hydroxychloroquine was ranked as the most effective medication to treat the virus. The AMA was saying, you know, doctors will lose their license if they use hydroxychloroquine, the anti-malarial drug that's been on the list of essential medicine worldwide for 70 years. Dr. Fauci calls that anecdotal data. It's not storytelling if we have thousands of pages of data saying it's effective against these families of viruses. This is essential medicine, and they keep it from the people. Not only now, but back in autism with our discovery, there was an old antiviral drug, 100-year-old drug called Suramin, on the WHO list of essential medicine. It literally gave kids with autism a voice, a life. What did Bayer and Monsanto do? They took it away from everybody. You couldn't get it to save your life right now. And we tried. Believe me, every way we could. So when you take away a medicine, and not just the WHO, not just the WHO, the FDA, the CDC, Tony Fauci, close everything. The game is to prevent the therapies till everyone is infected and push the vaccines, knowing that the flu vaccines increase the odds by 36% of getting COVID-19. Where does that data come from? A publication last year where the military who had been vaccinated with influenza were more susceptible to coronaviruses. Coronaviruses are in every animal. So if you've ever had a flu vaccine, you were injected with coronaviruses. And then to put on a mask. This doesn't make any sense. We wear masks in an acute setting to protect us. We're not wearing masks. Why is that? Because we understand microbiology, we understand immunology, and we want strong immune systems. Our immune system is used to touching. We share bacteria, staphylococcal, streptococcal bacteria, viruses. We develop an immune response daily to this stuff. 
When you take that away from me, my immune system drops. As I shelter in place, my immune system drops. You keep me there for months, it drops more. And now I'm at home hand washing vigorously, washing the counters, worried about things that are indeed what I need to survive. I don't think everybody needs to wear a mask and gloves because it reduces your bacterial flora. It doesn't allow you to interact with society and your bacteria, flora, and your viruses, your friends that protect you from other diseases end up going away and now you're more likely to get opportunistic infections, infections that are hoping you don't have your good bugs fighting for you, if that makes sense. And then as we all come out of shelter in place with a lower immune system and start trading viruses and bacteria, what do you think is going to happen? Disease is going to spike. You're, you're not the first virologist who has told me that we're doing the exact opposite of what we should be doing to contain and to create immunity from this virus. Why would you close the beach? You've got sequences in the soil, in the sand. You've got healing microbes in the ocean, in the salt water. That's insanity. The idea that we are now a few days away from a new administration, given, as you heard from the introduction, that I have been around for a while and have had the opportunity of serving in five administrations, I thought I would bring that perspective to the topic today, is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today is that there is no question that there will be a surprise outbreak. The thing we're extraordinarily confident about is that we are going to see this in the next few years. Thank you. Listen to what Anthony Fauci says in this conversation this week in virology. Now, look, folks, this week in virology is not on CNN. It's not on MSNBC, and they have nobody on their, in, in their staff that have anything, any idea what any of this stuff is talking about. But listen to this clip. Um, listen, listen to what's said here. Right. Again, a good question. And what is now sort of uh, evolving into a bit of a standard that if you get a cycle threshold of 35 or more, that the chances of it being replication competent are minuscule. Mm. So that if somebody, and you know, we do, we have patients, and it's very frustrating for the patients as well as for the physicians. Somebody comes in and they repeat their PCR and it's like 37 cycle threshold. But you never, if you almost never can culture virus yeah. from a 37 threshold cycle. Okay, now, I understand why that did not go viral, <laughs> okay? I even, I even tweeted, if, if I told you that Anthony Fauci said that anything over 35 cycles in a PCR test is worthless, how many of you would have any idea what I was talking about? And most people just honestly wrote back and said, I don't, I don't have any, I said, without Googling it. They're like, I don't know. I had a couple of doctors go, yeah, I, I do. Uh, it's significant, and, but I'm a doctor, so that's, that's why I know. The PCR the, the 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 way that they are seeking to detect the signatures of these of this virus is by causing those little fragments uh, that are identifiable in the shell of the virus to replicate themselves, and so you go through these these cycles where where it it, it doubles it and doubles it and doubles it and doubles it, and it's it. So you get to thirty five. 
And what he's saying is once you get past that level, you can't have any confidence at all. He said minuscule. I thought that was interesting. You can have no confidence that once it finally comes up, says, ah, there it is, that that actually means anything because you have magnified it, you've multiplied it so massively that it could be anything. I remember when my wife uh, took, I think, at least two, maybe three tests when she was still working. Always came back negative, but they always sent stuff back with her that said, even if it comes back positive, that doesn't mean that you have COVID-19. You might have had a cold recently or all sorts of other things like that. Why? Because that's how PCR tests work. So he's saying past 35 and beyond, worthless. What's the standard in the, in the United States right now? 40, 40 cycles. That's why we're getting this. We don't have, we have right now a test-demic, not a pandemic. Because not only do you have the, piece, the, the, the problem with the PCR, but we are also testing, you ready for this? 670 times more than we have at this point in time in any year past, for example, for flu. If, we, if you went back to 2017 to 2018, took the numbers of positives then, and then multiply it by 670, we had a worldwide pandemic in 2017, 2018. And you didn't even know about it, did you? No, nobody did. Because it's playing with numbers. All the death numbers, no one knows how many people die in the United States every single year, so you've got no context to put it in. So you can play with PCR, you can play with this stuff, and we have been gamed and gamed royally. I think it was all to prepare the population for mass vaccination. I think it was very intentional to, to, to maximize the amount of fear, suffering, hospitalization, and death to prepare the population to accept mass vaccination. And when mass vaccination came out, they didn't say targeted or just for the seniors or just where the maximum benefit is. They said a needle in every arm and they meant it. Welcome, everyone, to another extraordinary interview here on Brighton Conversations. Remember, we are the platform where we can exercise free speech that is not allowed on the major big tech uh, platforms. And today we have a first-time guest. His name is Dr. Peter McCullough, and he is just an extraordinary individual. He's a professor of medicine, uh, Texas A&M, Dallas. He's published, I think, 42 peer-reviewed uh, papers on COVID. He's been at the forefront of trying to help save lives in this. And he has a very powerful and very timely message for what's happening with medicine and science and COVID. So Dr. McCullough, it's an honor to have you on. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. It's great to be here. You, you referred to the biodistribution study, uh, one, of, one of which I'm aware is out of Japan. And the, the, the mainstream vaccine industry claims that these these spike protein nanoparticles uh, do not circulate throughout the body, but the studies show they do. I think there's another pharmacokinetic study as well that establishes that. Uh, what you just mentioned is huge. I mean, just based on that research alone, it seems like the FDA should pull the emergency authorization and say, wait a second, we need to study this in more depth. We can't inject people if this is circulating throughout the entire body. But, but they're not doing that. What's going on? 
The vaccines, uh, the Johnson Johnson, Pfizer, and Moderna have a very dangerous mechanism of action. We cannot have genetic substances circulating in our body in um, lipid nanoparticles or other forms of matrix nanoparticles and go to our brain. We can't do that. I mean, that cannot be allowed. It's a dangerous mechanism of action. The Japanese did not trust Pfizer. And when Pfizer said it stayed locally in the arm, the Japanese said, we don't trust you. Show us where this goes. And there was a biodistribution study done of the nanoparticles, not the messenger RNA, but the nanoparticles. And they went everywhere. They did wash out of organs in a couple of days, but they hyper-concentrated in the ovaries. In Europe, they didn't trust Moderna on fertility. And they asked them, what happens to fertility with Moderna? They did an animal study, and Moderna dropped fertility. So the, I, I, the FDA, Mike, told Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J, no pregnant women, no women of childbearing potential who cannot assure contraception. They did that for a reason. They knew the vaccines should not be used in young women. They knew that. And yet the vaccine is being uh, promoted for pregnant women all across America today by the medical establishment. But just getting back to that study, as I recall, one of the other areas where the nanoparticles uh, tended to cluster was in the adrenals. So now we're talking about uh, hormonal interference, which could affect fertility. It could affect mental states, moods. It could affect so many things, right, uh, in, in the body. Unknown effects. Right. Well, there, there have been nanoparticle studies. There was one from China published about eight years or so ago that tested these nanoparticles. And they asked, where did they go? And it made, they made a brilliant, nice rainbow of all the organs where the nanoparticles sh sh uh, uh, shower. And they did show that they go to the ovaries. So the point is, and the adrenals. So the point is, the FDA, Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, &J, they knew or they should have known that these particles are going to hit these vital organs. And then when they drop their genetic payload, then they're going to start producing the spike protein in damaging cells in those organs. So it was not surprising when uh, young women were ill-advised and took the vaccine, they started having problems with their periods. That was not unexpected. In a New England Journal of Medicine paper of pregnancy uh, of women who took the vaccine, the authors concluded it was safe to give the vaccine in pregnancy. Now, no woman carried the baby nine months because the vaccines haven't been a lot around nine months, but they looked at different windows of time and they divided all the pregnancy loss rates by the largest denominator possible. So it was really false reporting. When we zeroed in on the first trimester and just divided by those who got the vaccine in the trimester, not those who got it later on, there was an 83% loss in fetal uh, in the babies. So these vaccines are directly killing babies in the first trimester and it is absolutely atrocious, horrible. Texas in gynecology right now is recommending that women, pregnant women, take the COVID-19 vaccine. Pregnant women can breathe right through COVID-19. There has been some bad outcomes, but it is very treatable with our drugs. We can even use hydroxychloroquine uh, through pregnancy. We can use prednisone and other drugs. No woman should ever take the risk with the COVID-19 vaccine during pregnancy, period. Uh, so, therefore, the FDA, Pfizer, Moderna, didn't allow it in their clinical trials. It should be not be allowed in practice today. Yeah, that, that's you're talking common sense medicine here, but it seems like common sense has been thrown out the window. But I, I'm so glad you brought this up because it seems like beginning in about 
maybe six months and continuing on, we may see a collapse in, in birth rates and maybe ongoing infertility problems. But that brings up the obvious question. Do, do you think that there is an infertility or long-term population reduction agenda? Many people believe that. Lots of my guests have discussed that. Is that something that you uh, subscribe to, or is it, we don't have enough data yet to, to conclude that? You know, I can't. I've been so focusing on the medical response and taking care of my patients. I know others are working on, you know, people have called them conspiracy theories. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, the rapper, RC Rapper says, you know, it's not a conspiracy theory if it keeps coming true. And, and I'm not going to comment on conspiracy theories, but if you ask me, uh, do you think these vaccines are going to have an impact on fertility? I think the answer is yes. We've already seen that in the Moderna application. And now with the fetal loss data fairly calculated from the New England Journal of Medicine study, there's no doubt about it. Pregnant women are going to lose their babies if they take the vaccine. And, and it's yeah. worse than that. Once they've conceived and they're breastfeeding, we now have vignettes in the vaccine adverse event reporting system where women take the vaccine they generate the spike protein, and we infer the spike protein goes through the milk and then kills the baby. So these vaccines need to stay away from babies and mothers and women who are trying to conceive. I mean, there can't be a more clear message. You know, women are concerned about, you know, drinking half a glass of wine during pregnancy. How in the <laughs> world could they take a shot of a wildly experimental, unproven, unsafe vaccine for the first time. How could they ever do it? it it's almost as if Americans and doctors and everybody are just brainwashed together. They are brainwashed. They've been propagandized, and they are blindly accepting something that they should just stay away from. You are one of the, the bright points of light in, in this darkness, and the AAPS, this is a shining moment for that organization. Uh, they, they are so right. They, they, uh, I don't even know what, what to say, but we, we're going to interview, I think, uh, other, other prominent people from the AAPS because their, their voices are desperately needed right now to save lives and end human suffering. Okay, here's what I want everyone to know. It's absolutely real that there's something being transmitted. We are now working with a whole group of people. You know, we call ourselves the five docs, right? So this is Lee Merrick, Larry Pilevsky, Sherry Tenpenny, me, Carrie Made, and you've probably had most of them on your, on your program. Yes. And we began, uh, what happened is uh, Tiffany Holm, who is a marketing expert with MillionsAgainstMedicalMandates.org, one of her friends is the one who started collecting stories of, we're talking thousands and thousands of stories of women having menstrual irregularities, things like passing an entire decidual cast, like the entire inside of the uterus just falling out. And, you know, what would do that? That I've never seen it in my career as an OBGYN. Um, clots coming out of the vagina of a 16-month-old baby girl, a uh, six-year-old in the UK bleeding into her underwear after spending the weekend with newly vaccinated grandparents. And I don't want to use the word vaccinated, new, newly inoculated. Right, right. So something is clearly being transmitted. And if you look at the Pfizer document from the very beginning, on page 67, it actually says, and this is, this is the, uh, the stuff for study participants, right, when this was brand new. And they say, no male should be impregnating a woman for seven weeks, and no female should get pregnant 
for seven weeks. And they say right on there, because of skin contact or contact with sexual fluids. So you have to ask yourself, what did they know? What do they know that they're not telling us? Was this guidance document saying they shouldn't have this contact for those numbers of weeks after being vaccinated? That is correct, after having the shot. Yeah, yeah. And now we're injecting synthetic mRNA in several different ways. Um, One in an adenovirus vector, which gives you the DNA of some other species. So then you have to deal with that. So by the way, the J&J shot is probably the most dangerous. They're all dangerous. But now all of a sudden, okay, in 2020, early 2021, you fall out of a plane, the parachute doesn't open, that's a COVID death. But you drop dead the day after you've had a, uh, one of these shots, and that's a coincidence. It is the same playbook that we have been hearing for, well, since 1986, when the vaccine schedule of the CDC tripled because Congress passed an act that said, you can put anything in there you want, you're not liable. This is where you have to get out your tinfoil hat and say, listen, folks, (laughs) this is a depopulation agenda. Why else would you suddenly, why would Pfizer suddenly want to have permission to give the shot to 12 to 15 year olds. What is that window? That's puberty. That's puberty. So we want to, and and we're getting disturbing reports from fertility clinics that the men who've had the shot now have sperm that will not swim. The women who've had the shots have eggs that will not develop into embryos. The indoctrination about vaccines started long, long ago. You, you know, we need to reach herd immunity. By the way, herd immunity is not a proven concept unless literally you are a herd and unless a certain percentage of the herd had the actual disease. Uh, so this, first of all, a vaccine does not give you normal immunity. It doesn't give you the immunity that you get from actually having the disease. Here's the thing. The mRNA does go in there and there's good science that it then it gets destroyed by the body. Here's the problem. Through a process called transfection, the mRNA recipe does not, it, it goes through the ribosomes And it's not like I totally understand this, but I do know from transfection in the daughter cells of the original cells, when the cells undergo mitosis, then the DNA will become affected, not on the first round, but later, so that we do have evidence that it changes your DNA, and then you become a factory for this uh, synthetic protein antibody to to the spike protein. There's two things. There's the antibody that your body is creating. And then there's also the spike protein. As Sherry Tenpenny points out, there are 50 billion spike proteins in each of the shots. When you look at global public health, it's a death cult. Isn't it true? I believe that uh, Bill Gates cannot go to India because so many children got polio from the polio vaccines in in, uh, India. We do know that uh, I just saw a patent for infertility from vaccines. Is it gonna take a massive amount of people dying 
we know what the mainstream will call that. They'll say, oh, it's, it's a more vir- it's a virile variant. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. That mRNA is designed to make a, a spike protein that will attack the placenta. We have some case reports that women who've had the shot begin to have disintegration of the placenta so that it looks old and inflamed. So the very organ that supports the child is under attack. I was uh, talking with Sherry Tenpenny and we, this targeting of the age 12 to 15 with the Pfizer shot during puberty, you know, we are aghast. Yesterday on the Stu Peters Show, we showed you a video. It was a self-recorded video, one of many that we have now discovered on Brittany Galvin's social media accounts. Here she is placing metal objects on her face, which seem to be sticking as if she's magnetized. These things all started happening to her after she received the Moderna shot. She's now been hospitalized and diagnosed with, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Guillain-Barre syndrome, a very serious diagnosis. And according to her neurologist, this diagnosis was caused directly by the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine. Brittany joins us now live from her hospital room in Florida, where she's undergoing her first rounds of treatment for this diagnosis. Brittany, thank you so much for being here. First of all, I'm so incredibly sorry that you're dealing with this. I want to thank you uh, for your bravery on behalf of all of your brothers and sisters here in our country for coming forward, using your experience to warn your fellow Americans. It's, it's very noble. And I appreciate that. Thank you, Stu. Thanks for having me. Of course. So first of all, just to clear this up, have you ever in your history ever had any autoimmune diseases? I have had an autoimmune disease. Yes. I have rheumatoid arthritis. Um, I was diagnosed about four years ago and I've been in remission for a couple of years. Okay. Do you have mm-hmm. any other than the rheumatoid arthritis? Do you have any other pre-existing conditions prior to the shot? No, nothing that I have experienced. No, nothing. Okay, I've never had heart conditions. I've never had seizures. I've never had um, whatever they're calling it, neuropathy. I've never had any of this. This is actually my third trip to a hospital in the last two weeks um, since the since the second Moderna shot. I have been here three times. Once was via an ambulance and a 911 phone call. Um, The second one was after I was released. I came back to the ER due to my symptoms still continuing. And this is now the third time that I've been here. So I've had and undergone a lot of tests. I have had every blood test you can think of. I have had every neuro test you can think of, including, um, I think they call them EED or EEG. And the brain MRIs, I've had three, three CTs, three brain MRIs, MRIs of my lower back. I had a lumbar puncture, so a spinal tap. Um, I've, I've had everything, everything you can think of. So yesterday, right before I was about to be released by the team, because once again, they were believing you know, we're not just, I don't want to say believing, they weren't able to understand what was happening to me other than a diagnosis of pericarditis, which is of the heart, which again, I've never had before. Other than that, they couldn't figure out what else was going on. So they immediately always just say, you know, it's stress, anxiety. So they were about to release me and the neuro team walked in. And when the neuro team walked in, everything changed. They had, they had received some results from my puncture. Okay. And those results, the neuro team told you was as a direct result of the injection, the Moderna shot being called a vaccine. He did. He said it was from the Moderna shot. I'm not the first patient that this has happened to. A lot of doctors and nurses here actually have told me 
but they are seeing a lot of side effects. Um, a common response is that we see it with a lot of vaccines, um, but I didn't hear that from my doctor. My doctor told me is that this is something he has seen from the Moderna shot specifically. There was another young lady here recently that had the exact same thing. After my first injection, I did have some of what I'm you know, explaining with my legs. So imagine walking through the room and you feel like you're walking through mud or through cement. So you can walk, but you feel so unsteady and they're so heavy. My feet were so heavy. And this was maybe four or five hours after the first dose. I got the second one and I actually experienced nothing right away. Um, second one wasn't bad at all. I didn't even have the pain in the arm like I did the first one. It wasn't until 13 days after that I had what we now know was not a seizure, but I had, I seized up. I completely seized up and um, fainted on the floor, couldn't walk. My head was tingly. My ears were hot. My head was pounding with pain. I mean, the most incredible pain you can think of. And um, I ended up calling 911. And by the time the paramedics got there, my entire body was what I call seizing up. So originally the doctors thought I had a stroke or a seizure. The reason I've gone so public with it is because it's the, I feel like it's the biggest mistake I've ever made. You know, I, I didn't listen to myself. I listened to the media and I listened to the shaming and I listened to the commercials saying in the, the broadcast saying that if you didn't have a vaccine, you had to sit in a certain spot. I mean, I feel like we were on a movie and I didn't want to be that dirty person. I didn't want to be that person who didn't do what we were supposed to do. And all of these people who have been so worried about people dying from COVID, why aren't you worried about them dying from the vaccine? I am a healthy individual, 35 years old, three children, married to a deputy, have a house, have a, you know, a German shepherd. I have a life at home. Do you think I want to be sitting in a hospital wondering if I'm going to be paralyzed the rest of my life? And I don't even know if it's going to get worse. I was told today I can't get up to go to the bathroom because it is getting worse. Who wants to hear that at 35 from taking a vaccine? Um, they did two x-rays and in the x-ray description, you know how they have to put a description of why they're doing the test. They put possible foreign object because they were looking for a piece of metal. The MRI tech took the spoon that I had put on my arm, took it off of my tray. This was at Memorial when it first started, took it to the MRI room with us. When I was in the MRI, he was playing around with the spoon, doing it to himself, filming himself, showing it to his friends, laughing about it. When I got out, I said, oh, did you try it? He said, yeah, it sticks to me too. It's happening everywhere. It happens to me. My nurses have seen it. They've done it to me. My doctors have seen it. They've done it to me. And their responses are, they don't know what's happening. They don't, because that's the truth. The truth is they don't know what's happening. If you're sitting here and you're watching this, whether you're in denial or whether you believe it, um, question it. Because what knowledge do we have if we don't question it? You know, science, everyone wants to talk about science. Last I checked, science was all about questioning, you know, the ability for something to do something and, and finding out what's really inside of it and what makes it work. It wasn't just completely denying it. So the people who are mocking me and making fun of me and people like me, um, some of us won't be alive, you know, here in months or days or weeks. Some of us won't be here because of this vaccine. So pay attention, do your research. And when I mean do your research, don't just watch mainstream media, actually do your research. Look at the inserts for the vaccines. 
call your pharmacist and ask questions. Start asking your doctors questions. Put the metal on your body yourself and see if it works because I guarantee it does. Um, and just pay attention. Pay attention. Gasping for air, unable to breathe, the local teenagers rushed to an area hospital just hours after getting his second COVID-19 vaccine. I got my COVID shot. 17-year-old Alex Franks was a healthy kid and never had any medical issues. Two days after the high school junior got his second dose of the Pfizer vaccine, he had trouble breathing. And I got a um, sudden, like, constricting feeling in my chest. I'm 18 years old, I'm healthy, I'm active, I was anyway. Actually driving down the interstate and uh, it just all of a sudden my heart rate like went way up and it just felt like it was kind of beating out of my chest, it hurt so bad. Harris was rushed to the ER and told he was having a heart attack and suffering from myocarditis. A few weeks later, a doctor at the Cleveland Clinic linked the reaction to his vaccine. An 18-year-old in Kenmore who has developed a heart problem after getting the second dose of COVID vaccine. They, if they had waited any longer, things would have been much worse because myocarditis can be deadly. Like, I'm 18 years old, no medical record of any kind. I felt like my chest was really tight and my throat was really swollen up, like my lymph nodes in my neck. Where teenage boys... Uh, that get the COVID vaccine are potentially getting myocarditis, which is the inflammation of the sac around the heart. This is Trevor. Say hi, Trevor. It's happening both with Pfizer, which is what my son got.
I have sincere concerns uh, that these vaccines may unnecessarily take life. I mean, a, a study just came out, was published in the UK. For teenage boys, and this was a bit of an argument for a while. It's not an argument anymore. For teenage boys, it is more dangerous to take the vaccine than to get COVID. Significantly more. And the study is there. Now, the study will be ignored. The study will be censored. The study will be suppressed. And that immediately makes you go, I wonder why. Well, no, I don't wonder why. Hundreds of billions of dollars is a more than sufficient reason for why in almost everything we're talking about right now. Nobody wants to talk about that. No one wants to recognize that this massive transfer of wealth has taken place and continues to take place all across the globe. But there it is. The goalposts move daily. And the initial goalpost for the vaccines is, has now been reduced all the way down to, well, yeah, if you get the vaccine, you can still get covid you can, you'll actually pass it on to others hundreds of times more effectively than you did before. And you can still get hospitalized and you can still die. But not quite as badly. <laughs> okay, that's where we are now. That's, we've gone from, oh, they're safe and they're effective to they'll still tell you they're safe, but now safe means our models do not predict anything rather than we have five or 10 year safety studies. I prefer the old style definition of safe personally. I think most people do. Um, but the effective thing is now, well, it, you won't get quite as sick, but you'll pass it around a whole lot more. Okay, great. So they're, they're talking about, uh, for example, um, the rate of serious cases among unvaccinated people in the under 60 crowd was a little more than double the rate amongst vaccinated people in that age bracket. So cuts it by half. Don't know what its long-term safety effects are, but cuts it by half. That's that. Can you imagine if that had been the initial uh, presentation of this stuff? Would anybody have gotten it? The bad news, I'm quoting again, doctors say, listen to this is that half of Israel's seriously ill patients who are currently hospitalized were fully vaccinated at least five months ago. Most of them are over 60 years old and have comorbidities. The seriously ill patients who are vaccinated are mostly, I'm sorry, the seriously ill patients who are unvaccinated are mostly young, healthy people whose condition deteriorated quickly. Half of Israel's seriously ill patients fully vaccinated at least five months ago. So what you're being told there is you've got a half year shelf life and it's going to get shorter and shorter. Just look it up. It, it, look, up look up Joe Rogan uh, virus variants. I'm sure it'll pull it up if it hasn't been removed already. If it, and if it is up, my suggestion to you, download and store, <laughs> uh, put on jump drives, hide them in the basement, uh, whatever. So maybe someday we can document everything that happened uh, in this crazy, insane, revolutionary time. But um, here's, here's what the guy said was going to happen. The vaccines that have been developed are very narrow. 
they're, they, they, are, they focus upon a subset of what's called the spike protein. It's just one portion of the spike protein. There are specific uh, complex numbers that identify exactly what protein subset it is of the spike protein. And because they are extremely narrow, this creates um, what we might call genetic pressure. They use the term evolutionary pressure. I, I don't object to that. It's natural selection pressure. Uh, it is not something that is in any way opposed to a creation model. In fact, it's predicted by the creation model better than it's predicted by the evolutionary model. But the point is that when you are vaccinated for, va for measles, rubella, mumps, whatever, uh, polio, when you are vaccinated for things like that, the assumption is that you are not going to be immediately exposed. You're not in the middle of a pandemic. And we are vaccinating into a pandemic, into an explosion of these cases, or at least that's what we're being told. There has never been any vaccine that has uh, had the kind of global, not just national, but global push behind it uh, that we've, we've seen for this. There have been other vaccines that have gone around the world, but this has been unprecedented. So we are vaccinating into an infectious cycle. And so what this does is it places a massive amount of natural selection pressure upon the virus. And the natural result of that is going to be the proliferation of variants. Lambda, mu, um, already, who knows what's next on the, on the docket after that. Lambda and mu will probably be uh, off the radar for these vaccines. Don't know that for certain, but in all probability. And so we are in essence causing the rapid creation of variants by not encouraging natural immunity because natural immunity is much, much broader. That's why it's minimally 13 times better than anything that the vaccine can provide. And I can guarantee you, once you get boosters, it'll be even more than that. It'll just get better and better and better in comparison to the, to the vaccination as time goes by, as the, as the vaccine becomes less and less and less relevant. Which is why the only future for this methodology, for vax-onlyism, is constantly untested new genetic vaccines literally every few months because there, there's no way around it. We've never treated a respiratory virus this way, not once, and now we're in the middle of it, and it's not working. It's not working, but we can't admit it. And as even he pointed out, if we started going another direction, if we start going another direction, this would interrupt the heavy flow 
of financial resources into big pharma. Love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And so here, here is, here's where we are. And if this was about health, if this was about science, if this was about any of this stuff, then people who've been raising red flags and waving them around and then getting cut off of YouTube and Facebook for so doing, um, these individuals would have been listened to and we'd be changing the direction that we're going. We would be recognizing the need to alter our path. But instead, what are we getting? Vaccine mandates. Useless vaccine mandates that are turning into the most tyrannical methodology of absolute government control over a populace we've ever seen. This information comes from The Defender, Children's Health Defense News and Views, updated August 23, 2021. Study, fully vaccinated healthcare workers carry 251 times viral load, pose threat to unvaccinated patients and coworkers. A preprint paper by the prestigious Oxford University Clinical Research Group, published August 10, 2021, in the Lancet, found vaccinated individuals carry 251 times the load of COVID-19 viruses in their nostrils compared to the unvaccinated. The airlines are going to crack down. All of the people, the institutions that control your day-to-day life, are going to crack down and say it's no longer emergency use. Now we can compel it, and they're going to compel people to do it. And Americans are going to believe they have no choice, and they're going to get in line. What we said to people, if somebody orders you to get this vaccine, say, fine, show me the Comirnaty vaccine. Show me the label. It says if it doesn't say Comirnaty on it, it is unavailable. Welcome to Bright Eye Conversations. We have an emergency update today from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. of Children's Health Defense, who's put out a very important article about the so-called approval of FDA. Uh, FDA approval of the Pfizer vaccine versus the Comirnaty vaccine. One, apparently, the EUA has been extended for Pfizer, but then there's this other approval. We're going to try to sort that out with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. today. He is the author, of course, of The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health. That is the most important book that you can get right now to push back against this COVID vaccine Fauci insanity that is plaguing our world. Check out that book. It launches, I think, November 9th. It's available now on Amazon as well as Barnes & Noble and other booksellers. 